I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Buy or sell? What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Buy or sell? I am currently drinking hot chocolate, which is the perfect, not perfect at all, podcast drink to drink while you're drinking or drinking while you're uh, <laughs> talking on a podcast. But. Since our audience has grown so much, you want to tell them the story about how I yelled at you? Maybe the only time I've ever yelled at you for, for drinking a beverage right before we did a podcast. I think I was it. I was, I drank <laughs> literally a tall Mason jar of just milk, just straight up milk. And Nick's like, what are you doing? That's literally the worst drink you can drink before a podcast. After you drink milk, it's terrible for your voice. It coats your throat, and then you get like the, like the that kind of like, it, yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible for your voice, and it's awful for it. So, yeah. hey, well, I never cough. I never do anything <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we got some breaking news right now, okay? Because this Is matters. <laughs> this matters a lot to some people. It matters absolutely zero to me. That Corey Joseph did, in fact touch Luca's elbow thank god we have the two minute report to tell us that the refs got it wrong and there's nothing to happen but the Mavericks should protest it because then we could replay the final what minute and something or 13 just, seconds oh, the final 13 seconds you get the free throws tie it up maybe they miss and you get the but ball why, back why even play it let's just protest and say we think the league should award us a victory Oh, man, the Rocket, the poor Rockets. It had to happen to that franchise. And the fans have been – the Rockets fans have been so conditioned. Brutal. They've been so conditioned to to act like this on Twitter right now. Just the, all the takes and all the – this is outrageous. Guys, the basket didn't count with seven minutes. You guys were up – they were up 13 with seven minutes and 50 seconds left in the game. They're up 13. Yeah. This should have just been a blowout, and instead it goes overtime. And because he didn't win, oh man, it's I, it's a lot. This it's a lot to take in. One of my best friends here in Dallas, he's from Houston, diehard Rockets fan, and I feel like a lot of people's in his spot right now, to where he gets bashed a lot for the Rockets being just babies and James Harden and all this stuff. And he's like, you know what? I don't disagree with any of these people at all. I don't disagree with the bashing of Harden and, and everything. But I'm a loyal fan, and I just have to back it no matter what. And he's just stuck in a corner to where he he understands all of it, and he agrees with most of the bashing of the franchise and Harden. But he's like, "This is my team, and I just have to back them right now." It's like if you're in the market, if you're in the the grocery store. Why did I say the supermarket? I never said that word. <laughs> it's like you're in the grocery store, and you're with a significant other, and the significant other has a coupon, and the cashier won't take the coupon. And all of a sudden, it just, you just start screaming. The, the significant other starts screaming and yelling. You're just a bystander. What are you going to do? Like, you can try and calm them yeah. down, but you kind of just got to go with it because you know it's going to be worse for you later when you mm-hmm. get home, right? Than if you just try to calm them down in the moment. So that's kind of what Rockets fans, like the majority of my Rockets wife, fans, are dealing with right now. My wife does this at Target to where she. Like she yells at you and, make, out, and puts you in your place. She doesn't yell at me at, at Target. <laughs> shout out to Barb. I don't know if you still listen, Barb, but shout out to you. 
Shout out to Barbie. Yeah, she listens. But she does this at Target to where she'll want to sit there and scan every item. And I'm just the point, I'm like, I'll pay the $2.32, okay? I don't care about the coupon. Like, we're taking enough time, whatever. And then, but once, obviously my wife is right, because once we finish up, she's like, it saved $17.82. I'm like, oh, dang, I should have listened to you at the beginning. So, can, can we go to can we go to In-N-Out Burger now after this? <laughs> exactly. Like, we can go get something to eat now. <laughs> All right, on the podcast today, we are going to get into trades. I mean, this is something Whoa. that we have been so passionate about on this podcast, and we've had s- numerous, numerous trade conversations on this podcast, and yet we are over a quarter of the way through the season and not, have not basically had one conversation about trades so far. Which is wild. The Mavericks, their team is just, it's satisfactory up to this point, right? Like, even more so. They're 16-7, and seven, great record. You know, despite what you think about the King, the, the Kings loss and then the two Knicks losses that everyone seems to always bring up. I think, when when is the when is the statute Never. of limitations on bringing up the Knicks losses, right? Like, Never. It's kind of like when Trey Young was asked, when will this Luka stuff stop? He's a retirement. Well, so reti- Luca has to retire before, or Porzingis has to retire before he uh, stops talking. No, about I think this season, this season's done before people start. It, I'm not kidding you. People will be. It will be in March or April. It will wherever be in it's June. At. The NBA Finals Game Four. Man, if no, we, we would have had home court advantage if we. <laughs> yes, that's what it will be. People are like, you know what? We would have been the fifth seed if yeah. we didn't lose those two games, and it's going to drive me nuts. Isaac, did you know that it's half of the Knicks wins all season? came against congrats anyway but we've been so happy with this Mavericks team that there's really not a lot that we would really change about it and so but now all of a sudden it's getting close to December 15th a lot of players going to be available to be traded Kevin Love Mm. is a big name that people are talking about right now so we decided let's just throw everything together and basically answer one question in a podcast with that'll have multiple parts should the Mavericks make a trade this year or should they just stand pat Right, that seems to be the one overarching question about trades with the Mavericks right now. Yeah, and there's a bunch of different ripple effects to that question because you know there's one looming summer that you have to just keep in mind with anything you try to brainstorm with the Mavericks, and that's 2021, the summer of 2021. That's when Giannis and other people hit free agency. So you basically have, and a lot of the Mavericks contracts come off the books then, even with Tim Hardaway picking up his contract next season, you know, a bigger, I mentioned it because he has that bigger number there, but everything kind of leads for a lot of teams for Dallas. And you've, you've already heard grumblings of Miami wanting to angle at a Giannis run and you fill in the blank of different teams. That's going to be trying to make a run at Giannis or whoever it is. There's a bunch of other names and stuff. So that's, that's the first thing when you're thinking about, Hey, what type of trades could Dallas make? And then, so you kind of look at it for me, I kind of look at it in like a two year window this season and next season. What can they do over the next season and a half, the rest of the season and next season to be competitive? Uh, I think Cuban the other day was, um, I want to say the Dallas Morning News, maybe the athletic of admitting, hey, this team is way better than like what we thought of right now. Like they're, they're kind of ahead of the curve and they're riding the wave right now of what he was talking about. And so, I think there's different routes. A lot of people are throwing out the big name, big contracts. Example, like a Kevin Love, who is very much on the market. Then you have the veterans that have like one year deals left. And then you have like players in between. And that's kind of like we can talk about different groups of that on today's pod. Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about in today's pod. 
Um, we're getting into all that. We're getting into the Kevin Love situation, and even if the Mavericks should make a trade in general. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we do, Isaac, it's the time of year when everyone is traveling or running around getting thoughtful gifts for people you care about. Think about this. Right now, you could give yourself the gift of an Audible membership. It's the best time to do it right now. Their special offer, 53%, not just 50, 53% off your first three months. You get access to an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, all kinds of stuff. I've mentioned this so many different times. I'm actually going to pull up my Audible list right now. I have a whole bunch of stuff on there that I still need to get to. Uh, I just have so much backed up because the Audible membership is awesome. You can get uh, the James Andrew Miller, the, the oral history of the ESPN and the oral history of SNL. Unscripted, which is uh, Ernie Johnson, who's on Inside the NBA. You can get his book on there. Um, Between the World and Me, a Ta-Nehisi Coates book that my wife is, is audiobook that my wife is going through right now. Born a Crime, the Trevor Noah audiobook. You can go, you can listen to that right now. There's all kinds of different things you can get. Uh, my wife also has Tina Fey's audiobook, Amy Poehler's audiobook on here. Uh, we've really enjoyed Audible. You can choose three titles every month, one audiobook, two exclusive Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. You can listen on any device, anywhere, anywhere on the Audible app. And right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month. You're basically paying $6.95 a month for three audiobooks every month, right? <laughs> that's, that's an amazing deal. That's more than half off the regular price. Gift yourself the gift of listening. So right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just, like I said, under 7 bucks a month. That's more than half off the regular price. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA or, Isaac, listen to this, you can text Locked on NBA to 500-500. You can text that right now and it'll wow. come up. So go ahead, gift yourself, gift somebody else maybe if you want to give them audiobooks. If somebody is a driver, you know, maybe they drive a truck or something or maybe they work somewhere. A lot of you work somewhere where you can listen to stuff. So listen to audiobooks, audible.com slash locked on NBA. All right, Isaac, let's get into these trades because there's just so much, there's so much to get into. Um, let's start with, do you think the Mavericks should make a trade? And then we'll get into the, maybe the specifics. Yeah. I mean, right now I lean no, uh, mainly because we kind of briefly talked about on, on yesterday's podcast, I think yesterday's, but you want to draw the similarities back to that Jameer Nelson. I say Jameer Nelson cause he was point guard back then that team where they were literally the best offense in the league. And they looked at it and said, hey, we're a good team right now, but can we be successful in the playoffs? And they swung the fences with the uh, you know, with the Rondo trade. It obviously didn't work. Will this team do the exact same thing to where they say, hey, we're doing really good right now, but will we be successful in the playoffs? And will they try to swing big uh, in a, a new version of a Rondo type trade? And I don't think so, mainly because Porzingis is that player. Porzingis, we're still like getting Porzingis back to or to the spot that where you think he can be his full potential is the equivalent of making any time it's better than any player that you're going to trade for and he comes for free right now so because he's already on the team so <clears throat> I, I lean towards big trade he never, no he never coughs <laughs> I never cough guys uh, I lean big trade no but I still think that they make some type of smaller trade and I say smaller trade 
because there are a, a group of veterans out there that are on these uh, expiring type of deals that they can go out because yeah, Dallas doesn't have a ton of assets either. It, even if a, a big name hits the market, let's just say like a CJ McCollum, if he hits the market, you're not going to be trading Porzingis and, and you know obviously not Luca. So outside of those two, I don't know if you have enough to go get somebody like CJ McCollum. So. That there's an asset thing. There is a 2021 thing to where that's where I think the Kevin Love stuff, even Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, these type of big names like that, that it goes into that cap. And simply, they're just not good enough to sacrifice 30 million in cap in 2021 to him. Yeah, the players. Now, obviously, if you know, if a player came out that was big time, that was, I mean, better than those three, that would cost you cap Beal. space in 2021. Like, yeah, like Bradley Beal or something, you know, obviously that can't happen this season. But if it's Bradley Beal type of player, then yeah, you sacrifice the cap in 2021 because you're saving the cap to get a player like Bradley Beal. So, but there just isn't right now what the market looks like. And even if somebody like that hit the market, I don't think, I think Dallas can be outbid. So, Bigger name player, I lean towards no. But Kevin Love is the hottest name right now people are throwing out. Are you worried, like a lot are, that this team is so... There's so many parallels to the 2014-15 team. Number Mm -hmm. one offense in NBA history, right? Like that was the same team that the Dirk Nowitzki, Chandler Parsons. I think Tyson Chandler was back on that team. I just can't remember when Tyson Chandler played his like two separate years. So so weird. That's going to look so weird in NBA history books. We're going to be like... Why did Tyson Chandler leave for like three years? And then it's going to come back to the whole conversation again. Uh, Monte Ellis. Monte Ellis have it all. Uh, Jameer Nelson, that that team. Um, this team kind of feels like that, except for, you know, Luca's obviously younger than Dirk. Uh, I guess Porzingis is in the Parsons role, which injuries, I guess that kind of works there. Monte Ellis is, oh, Tim Hardaway Jr., perfect. It just <laughs> lining up, lining up so well. Um, but then they went out and they made this huge Rondo trade. And everybody knows how that ended. If you don't know how it ended, it ended very poorly. I remember the first Mavericks game I ever went to. Rondo and Rick Carlisle got into it. This was a regular season game against the Raptors. I remember we were up in the 300s facing south, I think. And my wife was upset because she couldn't really see anything. And she didn't really understand basketball. So she's like, I can't see them. Why would I care all the way up here? Oh, I guess I guess if you don't know the players, I guess it <laughs> just kind of looks like you're watching random dudes running around. But Rondo and Rick Carlisle got into it. Rondo left the, you know, left the floor, ran off, and then in the playoffs, you know, he's probably still recovering from his bad back. So we should probably not, we should probably not uh, make fun of him too much. But that they made that trade, and it kind of blew it all up. So now, are you worried that they're going to do this a similar thing? I'm not worried, just because just the window is different now, and when you look at this team. If you wait just two summers, if you go throughout this coming summer and you play through next season and you still keep the cap pretty much clean, the book's clean for that 2021 summer, your core, your duo there is still super young. You're, what, two years into the the Porzingis extension, two years out of the five years that he signed, so he's still locked in for three more years. You're right in the middle of this Luca. Pretty much, I I know I normally call it like the eight year contract for the most part because these rookie deals. It's just you never see a rookie pass up these max deals coming off their rookie it's never deal. Happened. Yeah, so you know you're right in the middle of this Luca eight year type of deal, even on the front half of that steal. So you're three years into Luca's career, maybe. <laughs> 
don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. Maybe an MVP already for Luca at that point. Maybe <laughs> first team All NBA. Like let's we can yeah. just go there to start. Yeah, maybe a deep playoff run. So I think them shooting for 2021, even if they go to 2021 and they miss, it's not do or die. You know, they still have plenty of options, but making a move like a Kevin Love, and I hate that it's Kevin Love because I've always been a big fan of him, and I I thought he got a bad rap, especially after just the LeBron leaving. I feel like he got the blame and stuff, but... It's just the number he's at. He's at he's 31 years old. He makes 28, you know, 29 million this year, makes 31 next, 31 in 2021-22 and then 29 again in 2022-23 and he's already 31 now. I I like I said before, I've heard the case for it of hey, you bring Kevin Love in and you have a front court of Kevin Love and Porzingis and Porzingis is at the 5 and you literally have shooters all around Luka and you just go all in for literally a better offense than what you have now and I hear that I hear it but I still don't think it's worth it at that point okay let's just talk about on court let's say they make they somehow make it work with the money on court do we think that it's somehow worth it to bring him in say that they didn't have to give up very much to get him the Cavs just wanted to get rid of him they were finally like hey we've been trying to trade this guy for seven years let's actually let's actually do it right now Porzingis and Kevin Love are a little redundant right like they Mm -hmm. like Porzingis defends the rim but they're both shooters Kevin Love obviously can do some more low post stuff than than Porzingis can he's a little bit he's definitely a better rebounder Um, but Porzingis has been rebounding better as of late and the Mavericks I don't think they're they're not really struggling in the rebounding area right now. Um, they do, he doesn't bring the things that the Mavericks need next to Porzingis, right? We talked about all yeah. summer. Porzingis is going to play four on offense and five on defense. Well, Kevin Love plays four on offense, and I don't know where he plays on defense. <laughs> he played against yeah. Steph Curry for that one possession, and it worked really well. And we haven't really heard from him since. Yeah, and, and that's that's one of your questions with the Love stuff of. Okay, well, if they go small, and if you're playing a super, you know, a smaller team or a more athletic team, let's say the playoffs, and let's say they're running, you know, you're playing the Clippers and they're running Kawhi at the four. Well, does that mean the guy that you just traded for and Kevin Love is making thirty million is not on the floor because you have Porzingis at the five and Love isn't going to guard Kawhi? So you're going to have to go small. That's why I'm saying if you're going to trade for somebody, even with a bigger contract, I still I think they lean more of a wing guard instead of a big. And a big isn't really on my radar a ton right now, especially like trade stuff. I would be shocked if they pursued Kevin Love. It One of the names that's been thrown out there a lot is the Blake Griffin stuff. Uh, one, I just don't see Detroit doing it right now. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of backstory stuff with Detroit. Their new arena. They don't. They don't want to tank right now. They didn't want to tank when they made the the trade for him. Uh, trading Kevin Love to Dallas with what Dallas has to offer, that it would be more of a tanking type of move because you know when Kawhi got traded for Toronto or I mean to Toronto you know the Spurs got somebody like DeMar DeRozan back I think if the if the Pistons ever did trade Blake Griffin they would be getting getting more of a win now type of player like yeah. that to keep butts in their seats for the most part because they want people in their arena and and plus they're not at the bottom of the Eastern Conference either so Blake Griffin's not not an and do you just want to go ahead and get Chris Paul out of the way or yeah, we've done the Chris Paul thing over and over again. It's if you want to talk about parallels, that's the parallel to 2014-15 season. I mean, to it's, make a trade scary. to make it's a scary. trade for Chris Paul to add him to this team. 
Uh, yeah, but I think the how good how good Luca has been rules that out. I think. Uh, yeah. In in the 2014-15 team, you look at that you look at that roster, look at the, even that starting lineup, and you say, okay, the one spot I think we can really improve is old Jameer Nelson, right? Like it wasn't it wasn't Orlando Jameer Nelson. It was end of his career Jameer Nelson. He was still pretty good, but he wasn't. You know, he was definitely the weak link. I feel like of that starting five, and so that's where they decided to make the improvement. Right now, point guard is not your weak link. Yeah, and but when you, especially when but if you compare like Chris Paul to like a Blake Griffin or Kevin Love, it, the biggest thing between all of those three guys is they all have deals that go into that 2021 yeah. cap space, and that's the biggest thing. If they were on two years deal, like the rest of this year and then next year. It would change my whole perspective of it because then at that point, if you could get them for a cheaper cost, then you just make the trade and I would understand the reasoning and you say, hey, we'll just wing it. We'll go for it. We know we're not going to be big players in free agency this coming summer. We don't have the money and there's not a ton of free agents this coming summer. So, hey, let's bring in somebody for you know the rest of this year and next year and just make a two-year run at it and then they're off the books in two years. I would understand that then kind of. But since it's three years or more, and that happens with Chris Paul, because Chris Paul has a player option in 2021 for $44 million. I hate to break it to everyone, but I'm confident that he's going to pick that up <laughs> at uh, at his age. He did the legwork to get that deal approved by the Players Association and the, the uh, NBA, so I feel like he's going to definitely but reap, I, reap the rewards of that one. I will say this. Take contract and all that stuff aside, the idea of someone, of you swinging for the fences with uh, for someone who can take the ball out of Lucas hands a little bit to relieve him a little bit of playmaking duties. I do. I, I do get that sense. Not j- I'm not talking about Chris Paul. Kimba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying if it is somebody like that, then, you know, Luca can, can take a break and sit on the bench and this guy can run the offense and make other people better too, in the same way. So, uh, but those three names, I'm not, uh, okay. Can I throw a name out there that, it's not the perfect fit, but it's a bigger contract, bigger name that if they swung for it, I would be like, okay, not my favorite thing in the world, but it's a two-year window thing, and you're just saying, hey, let's just see if it works. Absolutely. Coming up, Isaac is going to give us that name. All right, Isaac, give us a name. Bigger contract, not Chris Paul, not Blake Griffin. It's Is it Andre Drummond? I hope it's not Andre Drummond. Not um, Not Kevin Love. Now listen, I'm not saying I'm not saying they should go do this at all. I'm just saying if you're in the same vein of the Kevin Love, Blake Griffin type of names, this guy is only under contract for this year and then probably next year because he has a player option. And it's not the perfect fit. I get that at all. You're saying this guy makes more sense than those three guys. Makes more sense because of the contract stuff. Because you can swing for it if it's not a, a, a bigger price tag. You can swing for it for the rest of this year and next year and then say, hey, you know what? We'll just, and then he's off the books at that point. I'm still in the camp that you go for a more Andre Iguodala type. That's the type of trade I would go for and the trade I think Dallas would go for. But it's the DeMar DeRozan type of deal. Is, to it, where, is it DeMar DeRozan? <laughs> It is, yes. But I'm saying, I, I just throw that name out there because he's a bigger name, making bigger money. I can see the Spurs trying to offload that money. And he's under contract for 27 this year, 27 next year. Perfect fit? Absolutely not. He, he doesn't shoot threes or anything like that. But it's, it's the concept of, hey, it would be a swinging type of move that you can, you know, 
PR it in a way of saying, hey, we're going for it because we believe in this team winning and we're going to go for this. But it's not a crippling move either for your future. Team doesn't need PR right now. They have yeah. they have the most fun player to watch in the NBA right now. Doesn't need PR for the public, but you might need PR for people on your team. Ooh. And you look at what Atlanta's doing right now with like Trey Young. They got to figure out how you know. I mean, you saw we saw that article come out. It's like Trey Young's mad because he wants more help, and they're going to try to get him more help. And Shams is latest athletic thing. If if you have somebody like Luke or something, it's a type of deal like that. Insert another player's name. It's not just Demar Derozan. And I know somebody's bound to DM me and say that's a horrible fit. I agree, it's not the greatest fit. I'm just saying it's that type of move. Lamarcus Aldridge, he's another name. You know, I think the Spurs could throw throw out flyers on both of those. That one makes a little bit more sense to me because he's he's a bigger guy. He's he can be your your banger in the post. He can get you some some mid range buckets where you don't have a lot of players can get you mid range buckets. Porzingis should be that guy, but he hasn't been so far this season. And you know if you decide that that's what you need and you think that man, like what if LeBron goes down right? Like the Mavericks could be in the Western Conference Finals if that happens right? Like they could play against the the, the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. That would be wild. That's that's yeah. what we're talking about. Do a move like that if if you have this opportunity because you never know. Portland last year, they took advantage of their opportunity and they went to the Western Conference Finals. And exactly. Yeah, you just have to take advantage of it when it when it comes up. You never know when you're going to be back again. Steven Adams, he's another name of I know people threw, threw out his name before, but it just all depends on a price tag. He is under contract for this season and the next season and then he comes off the book. So you clear his contract for 2021. But he's also the type of player to where if you got him for a very cheap price tag, he gives you what you want alongside Porzingis. Yeah. He, he's kind of like the better version of Boban to where he could guard these Embiid's and uh, he's a physical presence down low. But he's also the type of guy to where if you go small, it's okay if you set him on the bench too and you want to put Dorian out there with Porzingis or whatever it is. So a lot of these guys are just price tag dudes. But if we're talking about most realistic type of trades for Dallas, yeah. It's the, for me, in my opinion, it's the Andre Iguodala type of contracts. Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, JJ Redick, Tristan Thompson. These type of dudes that are role play, veteran role players that are on expiring contracts. And they all cost in the teens for the most part. You can all, <clears throat> you can form uh, frameworks around these deals with, I know a lot of people throw out there the Courtney Lee contract. You could throw these frameworks out there centered around that. But it's those type of dudes that I think Dallas will target. I think they probably already are now. And if there's a trade to happen, I think, and I agree with that, that's the route they should and they will go come trade deadline time. Yeah, the Mavericks, I think they have to upgrade at a couple positions. And they have to upgrade defensively, I feel like, at most of them. They already have the best offense in the NBA. If you're going to try to make upgrades, make it you know, on the, the area of the floor that you need it the most. So Andre Godal makes the most sense. Um, Can I throw out to you a combination of two players? Of course. I know we, we joked about the Covington thing the other day, but let's say Minnesota, <laughs> let's say Minnesota goes down the drain a little bit and they fall back in the standings. Because when you think about these, these trade stuff, a lot of times it's, the the lower standings teams that's getting off the books of some of their better players for more win now teams. You look at Mark Gasol from Memphis last year going to Toronto. So you look at some of these teams that are underperforming, and if Minnesota drops down to those underperforming teams in that bottom category, three and seven in their last ten. Okay, so would you be willing? And obviously, you know, you'd make the money match with that. Would you be willing to? 
take on Gorgie Jang's contract if you got Covington too? So Gorgie Jang, I'm looking at right now, 16 million this year, 17 next year. So he's off the books for 2021. That's important. Yes. Covington though, 11 million this year, 12 million the next year, almost 13 in 2021. But yeah. that's an incredible player. Obviously, I've made fun of people for saying we should trade for him. But if Minnesota decides they really want off Gorgie Jang that much, which I don't know why they would. But yeah, heck yeah, I would take that. Robert Covington would be a he. He is the upgrade over Dorian in almost every way except for maybe hustle. Yeah, so like Jang and Covington combined to make what twenty seven million right now. This year, so yeah. getting to twenty seven million as far as money wise, you know, obviously Courtney Lee and some other pieces with that. But would Covington be worth that? I think that's a, a conversation. I think that would be if I'm Minnesota, that would be the price tag of Covington if I'm not trying to win now. Somebody threw out there Tobias Harris not too long ago. Philly has buyer's remorse. And I, I honestly put Tobias Harris in that Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, Kevin Love category of at the contract's so massive. I just do, I wouldn't touch it. I'm sorry. <laughs> not yeah, with this. We're doing yeah. that uh, that redraft. The Ari Wagner guy is, is doing the, the redraft of all the teams. We're into the third round. And we're, what, 70, 80 picks in, and Tobias Harris still hasn't been picked. <laughs> And That's I think wild. part of it is because of the contract thing, but hey. Two restricted guys that, man, if they had the – if obviously Bognatovich for the Kings, they just played him. If they could go out and go try to get him right now, then I would do that in a heartbeat. Because since Dallas doesn't have money for this upcoming summer and there's not a ton of names, that would be their way of playing the free agent market, of trading for a restricted free agent, and then you have the rights, and then you can just go over the cap to re-sign them. If you could, if you had the pieces to go get Bognon before the deadline, I would do that in a heartbeat. A smaller restricted free agent name that I, I really like, uh, Malik Beasley, who didn't get a new deal with Denver. Mm. If you could somehow get him from Denver, I would love that. And I would keep an eye on Denver, too, for this for this reason. If Denver swings for a bigger trade, Let's say they swing for a Kevin Love or um, let's say or Blake Griffin or whoever it is. The the main player in that deal that would have to be going out to that other team would have to be Paul Millsap. And let's say it's a Cleveland type of uh, team that's taken on Millsap. I would love for Dallas to try to swing in there and try to reroute Millsap to Dallas if you could get him for cheap. So if they swung for Kevin Love and it was a Millsap Kevin Love type of deal, and Millsap goes to Cleveland, Cleveland's probably not going to hold on to Paul Millsap at that point. Could they turn around and call up Dallas and say, "All right, what would you give us for you know Paul Millsap if it's you know cheaper, it's still expiring contracts, maybe throw in a second or two? I would love to take a swing. I don't think it would be a Denver Dallas straight up type of thing because both these teams are competing yeah. for you know in the West, but if Denver swings for a bigger trade and Kevin Love goes to a bad team. Could Dallas swoop in with that bad team and reroute Millsap to Dallas? I wouldn't mind that. Millsap would be great. Also, if you remember, against the Mavericks this year, he hit like five threes. So. That's true. That's true. He was like can on I, fire. Okay, can I throw at you one, one more name? Yeah, we should have done this earlier. This is good. Okay, this is this is one name. He's already he's killed us this year. We kind of mentioned his team earlier. He's Andre Iguodala. Loved it. 
Hey, I, I honestly thought about him for a bit, but we just have Maxi and all that stuff. I think somebody will will step in and pry him away from Sacramento, and it'll be one of those like low key trade deadline deals where like that's a sneaky move for some team like Milwaukee or somebody. Remember when, that, when Ilyasova he got bought out? But remember when he they added him to uh, the 76ers and he just went yes. crazy in the playoffs? Yes, that would be. He's a sneaky move for somebody, but in the same vein of Andre Iguodala, a Jay Crowder type, whatever. This is the this is a guy I would love for Dallas to go go get, and you already done business with him. Go get Marcus Morris. I would. Oh, I would. Oh, I would. Man. If you can't beat him, join him. But that's it. I would Make love join his. You. I would love his hustle and grit and just his personality on this team. I think he would be uh, kind of the same. Iguodala gives you the championship experience and the veteran presence and all that stuff. But in I know Marcus Morris wouldn't give you that, but he would give you another vet voice in that that locker room. And I think he would fit alongside Porzingis and Luca really well. If if you could go get him at the deadline for a cheaper cost, I, I would love to get Marcus Morris on this team. I don't know if Marcus Morris is a is a bad chemistry guy. I wouldn't say that, but he's a loud personality. He called that team meeting with the Knicks players before David Fisdale got fired. I, I heard that David Fisdale was that that Marcus Morris was in favor of David Fisdale. Like that's what some people have been saying about that meeting. But I don't I don't know all the details, obviously. But are you worried that if a Marcus Morris type comes into this locker room, that it kind of messes up chemistry? And honestly, no. the same way that Rondo did. I don't think so. Because yeah, I mean, you're making they made the trade for Rondo to be the starting point guard to run the offense, and they and he butted heads with Rick because yeah, they just had two different views on how a team should be ran, offense, all this stuff. Marcus Morris, I would kind of view it more of a Deshaun Stevenson type of thing, and I, I think it would work, and I'd be comfortable with it to an extent. I don't know a ton about locker room stuff with Marcus Morris, so I don't want to speak a ton on that. Yeah, yeah. It's just what I what I've seen of him. I would like him on the team. The JJ Redick stuff that people have thrown out there. My only big question with the JJ Redick thing is how much more are you getting if you're going to give up assets even second round picks how much more are you getting with JJ Redick than you are with Seth Curry that yep that's what I'm right there with you I would just rather keep Seth yeah and if you have to give up assets to go get JJ Redick I would almost just rather keep Seth Curry at that point and I like Redick but that's my only that's my thing with that sorry I know I've went a lot of names right now but don't apologize trade talk is the best talk guys we will be back tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.